and welcome to the Destinate NZ Show. I'm Michelle Caldwell, and today we're exploring the exciting world of generative AI and chat GPT. Well, what did I just say, listeners? Welcome back. That sounded very technical, didn't it? And yes, like you, I'm still learning all of this as well. But today we are joined by an expert in this field. We have James Donald, who is the co-founder of Yonder and head of development over there. So Yonder specialize in tourism solutions and have focused on AI and obviously are now looking at how this new generation of generative AI can help us in tourism and help us do things a little bit better. I'm really excited about it. Obviously, as a marketer, it's great to see new technology. I can see huge applications for this. There are loads of benefits to tourism, and one of those is the ability to create content at scale. For example, a travel company could use AI to generate thousands of unique travel itineraries for different types of travelers based on their interests and their budget. And this can help businesses save time and resources while still delivering personalized content to their customers. Now, we cover off some of the ethical considerations that you need to keep in mind whilst using ChatGPT and some of the things that haven't quite been ironed out yet as the machine has basically been trained to speak or to respond like a human. So yes, it all sounds very Jetsons-like. We're well into the future, but hey, it is here and it is going to be used in tourism and the businesses that embrace this, I think are going to do particularly well. So I do encourage you to give it a go and um, let me know what you think because I loved this episode, love chatting to James. I'm very excited about some of the possibilities of using the open AI chat GPT or the GPT function. And yeah, can't wait to see what businesses do. If you're already using this in your business in some way, I'd love to hear how. So drop into the comment section on our social media and let us know what results you're seeing and is it making a difference in your business? Well, everybody, enjoy this episode. Let me know if you think this intro was written by ChatGPT. I think it's been pretty obvious. <laughs> but um, yeah, we will see you next week. Don't forget, if you'd love to leave us a five-star review, we really appreciate those. You can do that. Let us know what you think of the episode and yeah, contact us through social media. And also, look, if you've got a great story or you've got something that you're really interested in that you want to share with New Zealand's tourism industry, and further on, because we have a lot of listeners from overseas as well, get in touch with me. I'd love to get you on the show and see what you have to say. All right. Have a great week, everybody. We will be back next week with another episode of the Destinate NZ Show. Kakite. So today we're joined by the co-founder of Yonder and head of development, James Donald. Kia ora, James. Kia ora. Good morning. And welcome to the show. Look, before we kick off, can you tell me a little bit about Yonder and what you guys do? Yeah, so Yonder exists to help tourism businesses automate some of their interactions with 
customers and that involves support and customer service and we know that's so critical in that sort of pre-booking phase mm. so we have sort of designed our system to be really good at helping that journey towards helping people book 24 7 and then also the other end of the customer experience of uh, their reviews and what they thought about the experience and gathering all that data and processing it in a smart way to actually do meaningful things with it, as well as what everyone loves is getting more five-star online reviews. Absolutely, so, um, yes. A- a- automating that and using the data is what we help tourism businesses do by, and also one of the secret sources is integrating with uh, reservation systems to then right. bring all of that data into the mix to yep. help the business and help customers. Awesome. That sounds really exciting. And tell me a little bit about your role. What do you do at Yonder? Yeah, so well, I've sort of been the brains behind the product. I come from an engineering background and looked at the sort of problem space with my business partner, Letitia. And we're like, I think an AI chatbot could solve this. And then I've helped lead the development team and the product development team to do that. But a big part of that too is understanding what customers actually want. So that's a big part of our process too. So I'm talking to customers daily, which I really enjoy. Customers being tourism businesses. Yes, yes, because you do specialise in the tourism space, don't you? Mm -hmm. Yeah, perfect. Okay, so today I just wanted to have a chat to you about ChatGPT because that's pretty much taken the world by storm and it feels like it just popped up overnight and now suddenly everybody's talking about it. So I'm really keen just to hear from you about what you think the impacts might be on tourism and how we might be able to use that. But firstly, can you explain what chat GPT actually is? (laughs) Yes. And it's really an innovation that's made possible with computing power to process a huge amount of data So ingesting that data and then also crunching the numbers. Every time we ask something, it's the computing power to crunch those numbers. It's also consuming an immense amount of computing power. And that's why it's it's actually kind of, well, while it's free for customers to use, when we connect via their API, it's actually quite expensive because of the computing power behind it. So that's what's made all of this possible. So what sits behind it and big innovation compared to other sort of AI tools has been... There's now such a big set of data that's called a sort of contributed to what's called a large language model. Mm-hmm. And that means it kind of just understands stuff. You don't need to keep training it. So yeah. the previous generation would need humans and including our, internally in our business to label data and to teach right. the yep. AI what to do. Mm-hmm. But now there's just so much data in the system. It's got enough data to infer things itself now there's sort of a filter layer on top of that to manage ethics and that sort of thing but that's sort of what the innovation has been to lead to this chat gpt and it's interesting you described it sort of just popped up out of nowhere these algorithms have actually been around for like at least a year or two i mean this is gpt3 there's been four or five models before that okay and the change was open ai but not enough people are actually using this. Like we've got this really amazing algorithm that's made available to developers to use via API, mm-hmm. but they haven't really worked out ways to truly harness the power of this yet. So they okay. added a chat interface, and that's where chat GPT comes from. And then just suddenly the world has... And that's where we can all have a play on it. <laughs> yeah, to be able to play with it. And now yeah. that's sort of really spurred a next wave of innovation of how to use it. 
Yeah, yeah, definitely. There's not a day that goes by without seeing somebody on LinkedIn saying, I asked chat GPT this question <laughs> and this is what it came up with. So I guess you mentioned there a little bit about the ethics. What are some of the things that we do need to consider if we're using this technology? Yeah, that's a really interesting one because it's still a bit of a black box. Like there's not a direct relationship of understanding how it calculate something because it's maybe you could think of it as more statistically calculated mm -hmm. and so there's bias so meaning some of the data it's actually trained on may be biased you need to be aware of that and bias some sort of I mean gender bias is one example demographic bias bias you can think of and so transparency so it's not that easy for us to also understand where it's got some of these results and there's also this concept called hallucination because of the way it's calculating it can sometimes just make stuff up. Okay. <laughs> and an interesting example of this was, was describing this to someone and they said, oh, but like I was sort of saying, you don't actually know where the reference material for that's come from. Like how trustworthy is it? They said, oh, I just asked it to give me a reference list. But actually the reference list is not truly a reference of the data that was used in the previous answer. Mm, what it okay. sort of does, or best analogy I, I can think of, which I've been chatting with my friends about is, it actually looks at the response it just gave you and then it goes away and thinks, oh, what things match closest to the words I just used? Right. And there are actually examples out there on the internet where it makes up references as well. So um, wow. do, do, don't let my takeaway be you can't trust yeah, anything. Yeah, no. It's just more you need to apply your own filter when you're looking at some of the results. Yeah, yeah. Look, I know I've used it just to test it really because I'm quite fascinated and I've used it for everything from writing a poem for my parents' 50th wedding anniversary to even asking it what the top five reasons that you would come to Topo for. And like that has been actually quite remarkable and, and I would say quite close in terms of what I think the top five reasons for coming to Topo are. But in terms of reining it and getting your information in as tourism operators, as destination organizations, RTOs, convention bureaus, those types of businesses, how do we make sure that our content is reflected in this data that the AI tools are trained on? Like, is there a way that we can do that? So I've possibly got some bad news for you <laughs> on that topic. No, I've listened to some other commentators where like it's giving you one answer, right? Yeah. And if there's 19, and, and maybe I'll play on that example of top five of Taupo. Mm -hmm. I'm sure there's a heap of articles already out there on the internet describing mm -hmm. various top fives. Um, so if there's 99 of those out there already, what's the value of adding your own one more to All that? Right. And it's not actually giving you credit or linking back to that article so the, right. that, the the value of that content is at risk really which is a, a bit of a worry because of that black box nature of how it's providing responses back mm. that's one part of the answer so it's really going to make you think differently around actually how do you put yourself in front of customers if there's this layer this gpt layer in between which is not linking through to you yes and we yeah. don't actually have the same understanding of the algorithm in the same way of google with like domain relevance and topic relevance and those other signals mm -hmm. that it's using for search results. So yeah. it would be an interesting time, to be honest, for marketers and the, that sort of inbound marketing tactic. Mm. I, I think it will require different things. Yeah, 
Yep. So are you seeing any really good examples of how it's being used currently in tourism or where do you see this going for tourism? <laughs> I know that's a well, that very was a big leading question. question. <laughs> <laughs> so I haven't seen good examples. Like I've seen a few examples on LinkedIn and so on of people saying, hey, I use ChatGPT to create a description for a product, yes. which just sort of took a couple of bullet points and generated a description. But then how often do you actually create or update descriptions and what was the additional value of putting that in, an, in the interface of a product versus just going to ChatGPT yourself and doing it? So the yeah. willingness, what's your willingness to pay to have that thing in an interface you can go to to mm -hmm. use the free, or at the moment it's free. Yeah. So what we're working on is actually, and I'm sure we're not the only ones, is the next generation of chatbot. So our current algorithm is based on something we've trained and that's sort of been proprietary that we have built up this big data set all of our customers of all these different questions being asked which all of our customers have access to as well and we've been training that but this large language model from ChatGPT actually does that kind of for us and so mm. but that actually also helps our customers get a better result because we're not constrained by what we're able to train and also the unique things to the business yeah. we've seen some pretty incredible results with experimentation this new algorithm we're developing such as I was feeding some different product descriptions and just gave the question of, hey, I'm a family of three. Which of these rooms are suitable for me? Mm -hmm. And actually understood the constraints and said, out of all the different rooms, he said, oh, this family room is a right, right for you. And this is the bedding arrangement. Mm. Yeah. And I was just like, whoa. That That's pretty clever. Cool. Or another example was, hey, I'm two adults and two kids. How much is it going to be for our family? And I literally did the maths of the pricing and then gave them a total amount. Wow. So we're really excited to actually lift. Oh, we're happy with the performance levels already, but even lift it and make it more available to more types of operators too. So that's one thing is just better quality chatbots. Yep. And I think people are becoming more used to using them because they can see it's providing better quality responses back. Yep. Another one we're really excited about is actually, because we've got a review and survey product, some of our customers have just got huge numbers of reviews. How do you actually get meaning out of that data? Mm. So we've got this feature where you can track topics, like maybe you want to track a few customers, their photo and video packages, right. sort of mixed, mixed commentary. Okay, yep. Or maybe commentary of a cruise operator. Because so, those are quite meaningful things they can change and mm. want to be attuned to understanding what the customers think about it. But there could be still, even, even with that filtered set of reviews on a monthly data, on a monthly timescale, there might still be 50, 100 reviews talking about commentary or their photo and video package. So we're using ChatGPT and launching in a couple of weeks a feature which actually gives you a management summary of two sentences of the pertinent things in those reviews. Say, so, mm -hmm. hey, generally they're saying this and this and this, but in particular, these are the negative things, all in two sentences. So that just wow. makes it what excites us is really trying to move from just looking at data to actually getting meaningful insights and data so you can actually act on the data. Yeah. The more time as like tourism businesses, we can be um, receiving insights to act on the data. I think that's an opportunity to just be better businesses rather than being bogged down that you don't even want to spend the time on going through a hundred reviews or a thousand reviews on a monthly basis. Yeah. And that's just one data source out of many in a business. Yeah, exactly. And sometimes when you have a look at that data yourself, you might be reading a couple of hundred reviews and 
your bias can even come into that at certain times, can't it? So if you've got that's a tool that's point. saying, actually, these are the facts, <laughs> this yes. isn't just your pet project that you want to get across the line, it might actually, yeah, sort of solve some of those problems in, inside or challenges inside businesses. I think from what you've talked about there, I really love the opportunity to personalise the customer experience online you know when mm. people are looking for information how you can use it to actually find those room types or the different types of tours that you might be offering to suit the customers that are on your site and searching yeah absolutely that's something we've seen really strongly because of all the data coming through from all of our customers we look at that and go how can we make our product better and that helped me choose basically think about the tourism journey of dream plan book experience and share but in that dream plan phase that helped me choose or just i need help to make a choice is a huge problem and just quite simply for example we sort of encourage people putting like a what's popular or help me choose sort of function in our chatbot and it's maybe in the top 10 top five questions and particularly those businesses with a large number of products so the more you can actually really help those people kind of self-service and personalize to help them find and feel that it's the right thing for them yeah, absolutely. The better. Yeah, because I think that's one of the most challenging things about going on holiday. And I'm seeing it a lot online now. Like, obviously, some people will go to a travel agent and they'll ask them to do all of the work. Others like to jump online. But when you jump online, you're a bit overwhelmed with the choices that you've got. And New Zealand is a tourism destination. We have amazing tourism experiences in pretty much every single corner of the country so and there's no way unless you're staying here for forever that you're going to be able to do everything so it's yeah you sort of need some of those tools to help you drill down into what it is that you're really interested in yes absolutely and and then here's just some tips on how to use gpt effectively if what well, the listeners out there are, are keen to explore using it is actually the prompt design and this is when actually describing a persona becomes really important to actually help GPT provide quite relevant results. So a new example mm -hmm. before of top five things to do on Telpo. I wonder if you just describe that, but then tried a second time and said, I am a, and then family yes. of three with a kid's age, this and this, you'll get yep. completely different answers. And yeah, but then but, but customers just come to the chat and say, help me choose. So then there needs to be a process to help get some information out of that customer to then be able to provide relevant results. So just understanding um, mm. those things to truly help personalize, which is an mm. awesome opportunity. And yeah. if I come actually to a different other use case for marketing, it's you can use those sort of persona definitions and create copy that really accurately appeals to that persona. And I just saw Maverick put out a newsletter recently describing sort of the Chinese traveler is coming quite soon. And so it's an opportunity to understand what the needs of are of that sort of persona or avatar and then design copy to meet that. Mm. And I've seen some people using the tool in a way where, yeah, you can do that. But don't just take the first version of what ChatGPT gives you. You can actually refine it by even flipping around the personas and saying and testing, hey, if you were this persona and we're reading this marketing message what gaps are there or what are the pros and cons ah. and then it helps you just maybe find a couple of other bullet points maybe of things you hadn't thought of or maybe yep. things that are just because you might ask a question 
and maybe compare to a competitor's product even say hey you've got these two products this is our sort of marketing message we're testing and this is something the competitor has got what would you choose and then maybe actually help you lift out mm. competitive marketing messages so interesting and, and and so here's an interesting maybe point to ponder is there's potentially that creation of a new job type which is prompt engineer like people uh -huh. understanding how to use tools like this and i'm also starting to see the potential for people to productize this so it's almost like if agencies like marketing agencies have got processes they go through internally today to test marketing messages refine the content they could almost create those steps recursively using chat GPT to get to that result because it's not just a single one shot hey give me mm. the answer you want yeah. to get quite good quality things you're going to want several different steps in that process yes yes definitely I know I've put in a, a couple of requests about just generating some content ideas or descriptions and I have to admit, I haven't been completely impressed with what it's delivered for me because I think for me as a marketer, you want to add your authentic voice to your content. It's interesting though, I think it's quite obvious when you look at something that's been written by chat GPT versus what a real human has, if that makes sense. So it's great. For, I love to use it for inspiration. It might pop up some words that I hadn't thought of or it might yeah. bring in yeah. some phrases, but I don't use that description as what I want to put into my content, if that makes sense. So, No, absolutely. But you could also use it to test your content yeah. before it even gets out um, that. Yeah. Before it even gets out there, yeah. Yeah. So... Like chat is one part of all of this. There's other generative AI and we had a bit of a chat about image generators. And again, I've had a play with these with very mixed success, probably more on the less success. But how are you seeing that start to come to life? Actually, I was just talking to a creative agency up in Auckland yesterday. They were, they were using Midjourney, D-Journey, with quite some success, sort of being able to use stock images and then describe, well, I mean, it was using stock images from its own database. Yeah. But then they were able to describe tweaks to an image in a way to achieve what they needed without actually having to do custom shoots. So they were getting great yeah. value out of that. I'm uncertain. And just as I'm talking about this, it'll be interesting because I know tourism businesses have got their own just great image libraries. Yeah. Which may have been taken a couple of years ago. And you're like, oh, I wish I had this particular image. I'm just curious whether you can almost feed your images and some of that generative AI actually generates that scenario mm -hmm. that you are dreaming of without the cost of actually having to do that so that's sort of where that is going i was playing around with my kids and my wife the other day i've got two girls yep. and my wife said ask it to make an image of a female firefighter <laughs> and it tried its best but it had sort of stitched on a female face onto a yeah. Well, it's probably a male firefighter. So it's still got a ways to go. So yes. I'm, I'm sure there are, well, my friend in this creative agency has had some success. Oh, that's good to hear. Because, yeah, I think it was around Christmas time and I was going on a break and I thought I'd love a photo of a lady lying on a beach with her headphones on, basically listening to my podcast. Ah. And so I described that saying we're taking a break, but catch up on the year's episodes kind of messaging. 
And I put that into the image generator and honestly, like the photo, I should share some of the photos. They were hilarious. Like one lady had an arm that was, I don't know where it was coming from, but it certainly wasn't out of her armpit. Oh my and, God. And another one had like three legs, and there were all sorts of weird things happening in it. So I thought, no, that's got a little way to go. But I use Canva quite a lot in my business, and I see their latest conference that they held. There's a lot of magic stuff happening in Canva now. So you can go in and literally magic erase something. So say you've got a man sitting on a seat and he's got a dog on the chair beside him, you can erase the dog and replace it with a pot plant. Wow, that is pretty And it's cool. actually really cool. So, and they're doing magic, right? So it will, if you're stuck for words, mm-hmm. it will come up with some words for you. So they're getting right into this space as well, which is really exciting. But yeah, it's kind of, it makes you think going, okay, well, where are the marketing managers going to be in five years time? And all of our content creators and social media coordinators and all of those people that work so hard in our industry, what is their role going to look like in five years' time with this new technology? Are they still going to have jobs or are they going to be prompt engineers? Or <laughs> it's, like, it's just hard to see where it's all going to go. Yeah, that's an interesting one. I mean, I've got a view that it's not replacing jobs, but it's making you more efficient and sometimes bringing resources that may actually be out of reach in-house. An example is a lot of tourism businesses might have a marketing person and rely on an agency, Uh, but you might sometimes wish, I wish I had this particular expert to help me. But you can actually use GPT to say, as an expert in dot, 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 how would you solve this problem? So Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I see as an opportunity to sort of do more with the existing resources. Mm. Yeah, that's that's what I would like to hope. One of the examples, and this isn't generative AI, but I was reading sort of just all, I got into a bit of an AI rabbit hole the other day and EasyJet in the UK have started using AI to monitor the reduction of food waste in some of their hotels that they use on their EasyJet holidays just as part of their sustainability journey. And it's a really interesting case study. So I thought from a tourism perspective, there's there's many, many ways that AI is going to play a role or could play a role in what we're all doing. And yeah, I guess it's sort of just watch this space and see what happens, hey? Yeah, and embrace it. So it's going to become prevalent in all the tools we use on a daily basis. So when you asked before, like who's doing it well in the tourism space, and I gave some examples of us, but in large, the very large resource companies like Microsoft, like they just mm-hmm. announced a whole series of plugins. And if you sort of remember the old, the clippy, the clip mm-hmm. that was in Word and other things, they sort yep. of think, think of the next generation of that is going to be within our products to help create presentations, to make smart formulas in your Excel spreadsheets. So like Notion, if people are familiar with that, it's sort of a office alternative that that's already using it to sort of order complete or make meeting summarizations and action points. That's wow. a really interesting use case, by the way. Yeah. So I, yeah, it's that because we use these tools on every day and then these tools are going to be offering these features to us. So, you know, yes. just encourage you to use them. Yeah, yeah, I think that's really good advice. Just embrace it and try it out. I mean, you can't really go wrong. And then obviously everybody's got potentially different uses or needs in their business. But if you're trialing and playing with these things, you never know what it's going to spark. 
and you know in terms of ideas and then they can come to someone like you and say help me do it <laughs> um it just made me actually think about kids and children so universities for instance are facing a bit of a quandary over ai detection tools you sort of alluded before that sometimes you can read something and go that wasn't written by a real human so i mean kids are going to be using this mm. so you should too to sort of keep up yes. with yes Yes, it's funny. I've seen a couple of teachers on Twitter saying, I've just received my first <laughs> chat GPT essay handed oh. in from a student. It's so obvious. <laughs> so, yeah, they're obviously having that quandary now going, okay, what do we actually do here? Because it's kind of the kids are using it and embracing it, but, yeah, not necessarily understanding <laughs> what they're meant to be as part of the project. But, yeah. Yes, yeah, so like what I'm doing with my daughters, I mean, they're six and eight. It's probably more the eight-year-old that sort of understands at the moment, but it's um, just actually understanding how to be creative with it, but then also mm. looking at the results and asking questions or just being sceptical, not healthy scepticism yes. of it to understand yeah. how to use it. Yeah, no, that sounds great. James, I'm going to let you go because I know you're so busy, but thank you so much <laughs> for having this chat. I really enjoyed it. As I said, I've gone down a bit of a rabbit hole of <laughs> chat GPT and generative AI, and I'm really enjoying learning more about it. And I think you've just put it into language that all of our listeners will understand and hopefully make it a lot yeah, more accessible for people and they won't be too scared to go out and try it themselves. So does that mean when we see the description of this podcast come out we should just ask ourselves whether you used gpt to create <laughs> That's a, a good summary idea of maybe i should <laughs> i did actually think originally i was thinking how could we do this podcast using chat gpt and i was like i could throw in this stuff and ask it for questions and then yeah we sort of got chatting and it went in a slightly different direction <laughs> maybe i will use it for the description you can let me know in the comments <laughs> <laughs> But thank you for joining us and I will put your contact details in the episode notes. So if anybody wants to get in touch and chat about what Yonder's doing in the tourism space, feel free to do that. And yeah, thank you very much for joining us today. Yeah, no, thank you. It's been a pleasure. <laughs>